Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? It is April 20th. You know Denise is celebrating 420. You just know she's celebrating. I should have seen that coming. You would think because I live in California that I would, but I'm not. Plus the company that you keep, Sean Waltman. Come on now. I know. I know. It's kind of funny. You know who also asked me if I smoked weed one time? Taylor Swift. No, Conan. (laughs) Oh, okay. He asked me one time if I smoked weed, and I was like, I feel so uncool right now. Ah. <laughs> I was like, I feel like square. Ah, don't, don't, don't feel that way. Don't feel that way. Don't don't give in to peer pressure. But either way, guys, happy 420. And we are here to talk WWE Raw. In case you missed it this weekend on Fightful.com, Alex reviewed the Big Show show, and I interviewed Mike Bennett, formerly known as Mike Canellis. That interview is up right now on our YouTube channel. Tuesday morning, I have Marino Tanaglia, AIW Tag Team Champion. Uh, you all want to get ahead on this guy. He is someone you are going to see a lot of. But we are here to talk Monday Night Raw. And Denise, you said to me off the air, you felt these three hours. I did too. Uh, to me, I, I don't think this was a bad show. But as I said last week, the omission of Brock Lesnar, of AJ Styles, of Kevin Owens, of Edge, of Randy Orton... Of all these Samoa Joe at this point, these are glaring omissions from the show, and it's like Zelina and company are are it not even I don't want to say adhesive. It's like Elmer's glue trying to keep a car together right now. It's it's noticeable. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't even go as far as to say that it's, you know, because of the missing talent. And obviously, we know that has a huge part to play in this. But I think for me, it was just kind of like the same thing over and over and over again. Um, But like a lot of the parts, you know, with Zelina and everything that went down with her stable, all of that was perfectly fine. But I just thought like, I think an hour and a half in, I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, man, we still got a while to go. And, you know, not I don't do that every week. So when I noticed the clock that's just telling me something that things need to go by a little bit faster but it was not a bad raw though I will say that it was not a bad raw 
If you're watching live on YouTube.com slash Fightful or at any time on YouTube.com slash Fightful, leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notifications. We just have a ton of great content that goes up on this channel from interviews to exclusive news to podcasts. But if you are watching live, you can donate a super chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. And if you want to ask as many questions as you want each week, I do a Q&A over at FightfulSelect.com. That's the most direct way to support us. Go ahead and subscribe. I have had a ton of exclusive news up there. I don't know if there's anybody that's breaking as much WWE news as us these days. So uh, go over, give it a glance. There's going to be something there that you all like. And right out of the gate, Tim Traver hit us with a monster super chat. And he says, I want uh, I want to bless Fightful big time. I enjoy the podcast and since I stopped watching wrestling. I've been watching a lot of movies. I'm not that worried about the virus thing. I'm just being myself. Hey, we appreciate you, Tim. <laughs> we appreciate you being yourself, buddy. Uh, one of our, our longest, uh, most long-term viewers, we definitely appreciate Tim Traver for spending so much time with us. Maurice says, and and, and I'm okay with uh, addressing this Kyrie Sane Nia Jax match right out of the gate because I think we got to tie in the opening segment and the closing segment. He says, Imagine having someone as talented as Kyrie on your roster and having her job to Nia. Any update on when uh, New Japan may return or do empty arena shows? I miss it like crazy. No word on their update yet, but yeah, Kyrie Sane losing with the regularity. I she just does not. I don't think she's won a singles match by pinfall on TV since she lost the NXT title. She's won some in tag matches and won some countout stuff, but. She got tossed around by Nia Jax, thrown around, including one rather scary-looking spot into the corner. And when we tweeted that from the Fightful account, Nia actually retweeted it, bragging about it. Did she really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw the tweet, but I didn't see her retweet it, though. And Kyrie... That's pretty interesting, considering that she's already been having some sort of reputation and has been known for, for doing this, actually. She's been known for quoting back those people that call her unsafe or have called her unsafe in the past. So it's pretty interesting. But yeah, she was bragging about it. And Kyrie hit a nice sliding elbow and a back fist and worked on the knee a little bit. But this, this was not a pretty match. This was not one that I... I'm exactly going to be rushing back to watch again. It doesn't instill a ton of confidence in Nia Jax to me. And, I mean, she is coming off a of double knee surgery, so I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and, and see how she progresses because you got to knock that ring rest off. But I, I think she said she's been cleared for months at this point. I think the problem is that she's doing the exact same thing she was doing before. There's nothing new, nothing surprising about it. And seeing Kyrie lose to her two weeks in a row, at least she got offense on at least a little bit this time. It wasn't as bad as last week. But it's like, okay, if you're going to do something like this with Naya and Kyrie, why not try, try to emulate 0.01% of an awesome Kong Gale Kim sort of thing? At least that would add... You know, it wouldn't make Kyrie look so bad, and it would add a lot more to Nia Jax as well. Uh, not just have her do the exact same thing over and over, because obviously she wants to get over as well. And I wouldn't mind seeing her in a position like that, but it had to have been, uh, you know, a little bit more well earned. And I don't understand the ideology of having Kyrie lose this match back to back weeks. Why are you running it back? She lost soundly last week. Why do we need to see it again? especially when so much of this show is squash matches anyway. 
and she got some more offense in this week, and that's nice, but ultimately they, they've nerfed Kyrie so much that you just don't believe in her. And even when she's back there doing promos with Asuka to promote her match, you've got Asuka putting herself over. So it's like, where where does Kyrie benefit from any of this? And maybe the answer is nowhere, and she's not in the plans. But that's rough to, to waste somebody like feels- that. It almost feels like first, like, you know, they started off as a tag team and they were equal, equal tag team partners. Now it just feels like it's Asuka with Kyrie as her hype woman. And every so often Kyrie gets imagined with one of Asuka's future uh, or big opponents. And then they just throw Kyrie in there. So it just kind of feels like she's in Asuka's shadow right now. Yeah. And I mean, Asuka's getting a little bit of a push too, but I don't know, man. It's just... <sighs> It's a little disappointing, but um, I'll tell you what's not disappointing. Austin Theory and Aleister Black. Aleister Black beat Austin Theory, and as Joe Farley said, (laughs) he was like, Zelina and company are the zip ties holding together the bumper on my car right now. They are. I mean, they are all in significant segments. This was a Money in the Bank qualifier. Aleister Black wins. This was, I think, the best WWE performance I've seen out of Austin Theory. I loved the uh, torture rack into the snake eyes, into the turnbuckle. I really loved this. Shane Helms even quote tweeted one of my tweets and said, I think that Theory is better as a singles wrestler than a tag wrestler. And I agree. And the thing is, I think that's what they've got. I think they've got three people in that stable who are all better as singles than as tags. And that's the capacity in which they were used tonight, Denise. There was a, a cross-legged a neck breaker across his knee that was really good. And then Alistair Black turned it on at the end. His strikes have been hitting way harder without a crowd. Because you ask him to tighten it up a little bit, he's going to do that. But I thought this was a lot of fun. But I'm interested to see how you felt about it. Yeah, so the thing about this is that... Obviously, Austin Theory, inside the ring, he's no joke. He's an athlete. He's good at what he does. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be where he's at right now. The only thing I will say that is lacking a little bit for me is personality-wise, I haven't seen that much from him. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I am very happy that they added Zelina in commentary. Uh, I know that they did it last week too, but having her do it again this week, I think really, really distracts from that. So it protects him in a way. So I think... anything last week she put him over tremendously this week it was a distraction um so i'm gonna say that i love her doing commentary for his matches and even obviously aside from his matches as well but i just thought it really really did a big service and it just added so much more to the match it was very very enjoyable for this yeah i thought so too uh alistair black (laughs) threw the black mass and theory ducked it but then they threw another one and boy did it connect Holy crap, did it connect. And it was a really, really good one. I, again, I like Zelina on commentary. As you mentioned, Alistair Black says he wants to turn every floor of Money in the Bank into his own personal hell. Had some uh, backstage news on the Money in the Bank match, which is our, both of them have been filmed already. They've both been filmed. Took them all day to film. Like, I'm talking... From what I heard, like 8 a.m. until midnight when they filmed wow. it. Wow. I am... So- 
I don't care. I'm really excited about Me this, too. honestly, because I just feel like it's so different. It's so unexpected. I wouldn't have came up with this idea on my own. So like seeing them do this, I think is really fun. And it's a really big distraction from everything that's been going on right now. So it's kind of like, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a positive in the midst of all of this negativity that's been surrounding. Yeah. Cheap plug. FightfulSelect.com is where we reported these details. So check that out. But if they're going to do silly, dumb, irresponsible shit, at least I want to see silly, dumb, irresponsible shit that I haven't seen before, and I ain't never seen anything like this. I mean, I, I compared it to the WCW Triple Cage, but that was in a wrestling arena and all that. This was, from what I was told, a, another cinematic approach. Now, I don't know if it was like the Boneyard match, like Champa and Gargano, or like the Firefly Funhouse, but I'm told that they filmed it like that. Like you said, Denise, I'm really excited to see how this this unravels and, and how everybody does. I do know that the wrestlers were not too happy that they filmed them both at the same time. And, like, they would get cold and then have to go and bump. Because these people warm up before they bump. And yeah. that's, like, that's a big WWE thing, too. Like, I remember last year, um, I think they were about to send Liv Morgan out for a dark match. And... Vince was like, no, we can't have her back out there until she re-debuts. So they were like, quick, heavy machinery, get out there. And they were in like cargo shorts and basketball shorts and hadn't warmed up. And backstage, they were being asked over and over again after they didn't warm up. You okay? You okay? You good? There was a lot yeah, of fear. Yeah, that's super dangerous. Yeah, there was a lot of fear that they might get hurt because I don't want to say the last time it happened, but in the past they've had some pretty serious injuries when that didn't happen, so... Uh, I, I, that was one of the things that I had heard, but you guys can check out FightfulSelect.com for more. Myself and Alex have a retro review, uh, or not Alex, Warren have a retro review up on Tuesday. Hogan versus Warrior. We talk about Halloween Havoc 98, WrestleMania 6, the face-off at the Rumble, the Renegade. Lots of cool stuff there, so check that out. Another thing I'm really digging is the booking of Shayna Baszler the last couple of weeks. So, uh, before I get your thoughts on it, a lot of the criticisms that people that watched her on NXT had were the pacing of her match. How slow they'd be, how methodical they'd be. They're very short here, and they're to the point. I love that gut wrench she does. She stomps out the elbow, and the ref calls to stop the match. I like that they're establishing that the ref can stop this, but we've seen far worse that they haven't stopped it with. Although you could say every time she's stomping somebody's arm, she's dislocating their elbow or something. Then she destroys Indy Hartwell's arm in a ladder. How'd you feel about this? So I remember last week I said I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan of it. I just didn't care for it, right? Mm -hmm. And this week, I feel like I had different feelings about it. Why? Because I liked the utilization of the ladder thrown into this. I feel that because now I'm seeing things differently. First of all, like today by, by itself, standalone, had she just done this for the first time, I would have loved it from a start. I thought the beatdown was absolutely, uh, it was brutal. And that's what we want to see from Shayna. And first of all, like that look that she gave Indy when she got really, really upset was priceless. But the point is that I like the fact now looking back at last week 
is that she's sort of leveling up. So last week's attack, like, yeah, it was bad, but it was not in comparison to this week's attack. Like this week's, she took it to another level. So because of that, it made me appreciate what she did last week more because of what she did this week. Because this week, I thought was really, really good. Like she just didn't care. She didn't give a damn. And now I'm thinking, okay, she's just the woman that makes other women cry. So I was like, this is great. Um, Keep it going. If I were WWE and Paul Heyman, I would make her the Taz of their women's division. And she is more than capable of being the Taz of their women's division. Oh, by the way, Paul Heyman is there. And he knows how to book a Taz of the women's division because he's very good at that. So I'm really digging this. Really, all of Shayna's booking outside, well, even even the WrestleMania match, it hid the weaknesses. And I don't even know if they're weaknesses, but the preferences that a lot of people had where they didn't like the pacing of her matches because they've all either been like dominant and quick. I mean, even the, the WrestleMania match was quick, but in Elimination Chamber, she just eliminated people rapid fire too. I think that's great booking of her. They've just got to find a way to, to recuperate her from that, that WrestleMania loss. I think they're doing yeah, and- it. I can agree with that. I can agree with people saying like, oh, she would just have all of these really quick matches where it was pretty much the exact same thing. And I do agree with that because there was a certain point where it was like a lot of people were like, oh, Shane is this, Shane is this, Shane is that. And they were putting her like, you know, up here. And for me, I wasn't feeling that way about her uh, during this point. So because I felt like those people felt that I just kind of felt like it was the same thing over and over again. Um, But for me now, I, I like the direction that they're going with her because it feels natural. That's who she just naturally is. Like she's got the look, she's got the persona. That's who she screams she is. And that's what we're seeing representing right now in Raw. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, great interview with Mike Bennett. Crazy how fast Austin Theory's career is moving in WWE. From Evolve pay-per-view in July to Raw now, long live Luke Longley. Not just Raw, I mean WrestleMania. He appeared on WrestleMania. And there were a lot of people on like, is this too soon? And maybe it is. But I like when they put some people in these sink or swim situations. We're talking about like a, I think he's 22 or 23. Dude, good for him. Like, honestly, like take this opportunity and run with it because not everyone gets this opportunity. And hey, he's doing it. He's showing up to work. Right now, it's not the easiest time to show up to work, Uh, but he's doing it. He's killing it. And a lot of people thought that Angel Garza would move right back to NXT. A lot of people thought that theory would nope they're up on the main roster wilkins says long live luke longley yeah check out youtube.com slash srs wrestling myself and jeremy lambert did a review of the first couple of episodes of the last dance you just know that denise is watching that so she can learn i have a funny story about that really really? quickly yeah so my fiance was telling me like oh i'm gonna let you go because i really want to watch this thing about the NBA, blah 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 and i was like all right it sounds boring whatever and he's like no denise you don't understand and he started putting it over and he's like i can guarantee you that every single man out there it doesn't matter who is watching this every single guy out there is watching and i was like you're exaggerating Blow and behold, I go on Twitter and every single guy is talking about it. So I was like, all right, you win. There you go. I lost this argument. So there you go. Fun side story. <laughs> Long live the 1990 yeah. Chicago Bulls as well. Uh, SRH SoCal says, should we expect the money in the bank matches up north and the rest from the PC? Will any of it be live that you've heard? 
Hope you guys are staying safe. I don't know what percentage of it will be live. I don't think any of it will. There's no reason for them to. Uh, yeah, from what I understand, the rest of the matches are supposed to be at the PC. So uh, that's what I would expect if I were you guys. And it's so weird because this feels so normal now. And, yeah. And that's odd. I don't want it to be normal, but it is. And that's where it's we really are. It's really sad what a lot of things are becoming our our new normal. But I will say this. Like the first couple of weeks, it, everything was so noticeable with the audience. And now it's just that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a good thing, though, because if not, then people would have really tuned out. And, hey, it could have been a really, really, really bad situation ratings-wise. Good point. Cedric Alexander and Ricochet get a win over Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne are like the resident jobbers on Raw and NXT, and I'm okay with that because they're fine. Vink could work on his selling, which is something that seems to be the case with a couple of these NXT people. But the highlight of this for me is Ricochet doing the kneeling springboard senton where he, he flips himself up he his knees land on the rope and then he does the senton and then cedric doing a magic killer by putting shane thorne on vink's shoulders and then doing it himself since gallows and anderson are gone there's no reason he can't now cedric and uh ricochet win with a recoil into a lumbar check i thought this was a good showcase for them they need to pick up wins like this you know, it may be too early to say this, but I just really feel like I'm noticing more confidence with both of them, with both Cedric Alexander and uh, Ricochet in the ring. I almost feel like they're playing off of one another, and you just kind of feel a little bit more confidence in there than maybe when they're alone. Like, obviously, they always got the moves down. Getting the moves down is one thing, but then presenting the confidence is another thing. And that was one of the things that I noticed for this particular match today. And I can't help, but every time I see them together working off of each other, I just, my brain automatically goes to how well they can be marketed like I see them like if they were pushed the right way marketed the right way like they could easily be like the new modern hardy boys or something along those lines and I just think that that would be like a really cool point to get them to and when I see them that's where my brain goes to yeah I agree I like the hardy boys comparison I think that they could really do that because back 20 years ago nobody thought that the hardy boys were particularly charismatic people and now you look at both of them, and they are in their own ways, in categorically different ways. So I think that that makes that makes a lot of sense, really. Uh, other stuff that happened. Oh my God! I'm a tryhard. Says I guess the Viking Raiders got the B team gimmick. <laughs> Is this the part of the show where we argue? <laughs> How did you like this, Denise? They they said I loved it. They said the Viking Raiders. Carpool karaoke, and Ivar was eating a turkey leg. Well, I will start off by saying this, all right? First of all, since losing the titles, what have they done? What has been happening with them? Not much. We've talked about how their uh, popularity or the hype for them sort of went down a lot. So the way I see it is I know some people saw it as, oh, this is too silly or they're supposed to be like these tough, these tough guys, these Viking guys. But I see it as guys that are enjoying this Viking culture. And hey, they're getting us a, a chance to show their personality. Why can't they be 
two guys that kick ass in the ring but are funny outside the ring. It's not like we're seeing this every week. Hey, why not give them something to, like, you know, do that's different? And, hey, we're all talking about it. And it was completely, completely yeah. unexpected. I'm wondering if we're going to get a part two since it looks like they were particularly driving somewhere. Where were they driving? I want to know. I want to see it. Yeah, but when people say that and they're like, well, everybody's talking about it and it was all over the news – so was OJ. OJ Simpson <laughs> oh, was all over the news too, and it wasn't for good reasons. And uh, I I didn't see anything entertaining in this. I thought it was lame. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was cute. The turkey leg was was funny. That was about it. Because but the thing is, it also seemed normal. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they they would eat turkey legs. They're big dudes. They got to get their protein. Of course. I and they were this... rhyming, Sean. They were rhyming. <laughs> Oh, my God. How can you not give it up for a good rhyme? Oh, give me a break. Oh, Rob Wilkins says Vince gave them that revival comedy gimmick. Bodyslam.net released those pictures, and I had people asking me all weekend, is that true? Is that true? Yeah. The the pictures of the, the pitched revival gear were true. They had accepted this. They had originally not wanted to do it, from what I understand, then accepted it. Then they got taken off of TV. And I don't know if that's what the Viking Raiders were pitched, but I, I mean, I don't know if you all saw the Sarah Logan news that dropped today. Ryan Satin had put out there, wouldn't be surprised to see somebody that got fired on the show tonight. I can confirm Sarah Logan's still in Orlando because Ray Rowe, Eric, is still in Orlando and they're staying in town because he's got to go to work. And I know that a lot of people went to bat for Sarah Logan on that roster that maybe didn't. And I'm trying to, I'm tr kind of transitioning here, like from this into the constant mentions of Sarah Logan on this show. She got more screen time and mentions on this episode the week after she got fired than she has in months, Denise. Yeah. Why didn't they put this in, invest this time into her then? I don't know. This whole situation's really weird. I mean, from a start, like every all the news that has been coming out is just one thing. But uh, I don't know because it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, what if they rehire her and they bring her back? Okay, that that's great for her, obviously, but it doesn't look good. It, it looks confusing. Like you let somebody go, you bring them back, or maybe it's just something to. Uh, not bring them back, but keep them mentioning because she was still part of that storyline, still connected to her in some way. Um, the fact that she was still wrestling even during the pandemic and everything that was going on, she was still showing up for work and then got released. That's interesting as well. So like the whole story with it, that itself, like you can have all of these separate uh, conversations from like each portion of it. Why they were mentioning her a lot, I don't know. I mean, it could have been something as simple as she was just connected to the storyline and that's it. That's why she was mentioned. Or it could be two, we rethought this, and she's coming back. I don't know. We could be playing too much into it. Based on what Ryan said, it was pretty interesting, too, because um, you, I think he mentioned something along the lines of they might have changed their mind because this was already – this was shared publicly. So maybe that's why they didn't do this. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know. They should have her managing the Viking Raiders. She fits right in. I mean, why not – and it's a natural – and I wouldn't mind if the Viking Raiders did a little bit more heelish stuff. Then the, then you've got, like, 
Street Profits, Viking Raiders, Bianca, Sarah Logan. The only problem is you've beaten Sarah Logan so bad and so often that, like, who would buy her against Bianca? I don't know. But uh, Liv Morgan defeated Ruby Riot. Ruby said that she had to have double shoulder surgery because she was carrying both of them. Uh, they <laughs> laid it in for this very brief match, but Liv hits a beautiful flatliner off the ropes. I love that. I just get the feeling they're going to 50-50 this, and <laughs> and Ruby will beat her next week or something. Cause I've but didn't been... they mention that that was it, that she was moving on? They alluded to the fact that this was over. I'm taking yeah. their word for this. Well, the last time we heard somebody say, I'm moving on, was Kevin Owens, who then disappeared from the show. So, who knows? Uh, Taryn Riddick says, do you think Liv gets a shot at Becky at Money in the Bank? Since Charlotte is in the promo poster, do you think we get Charlotte versus EO at Money in the Bank instead of NXT TV? I think Money in the Bank makes sense because of what Charlotte mentioned later, and we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Charlotte versus EO at Money in the Bank. Uh, Liv versus Becky? I don't think so. I think that Liv is they're running with her as a baby face right now, and I, I don't think that we'll see that necessarily. But we can go ahead and talk about this Charlotte match. They mentioned. Oh, really quickly before we move on, I do want to mention that right now is the phase for Liv Morgan where this is the time to add some depth to her character. This is the time to give us fans a reason to hate her or like her. Yeah. And and they. I really think she should have beaten Asuka. I think she should have beaten Asuka because Asuka ultimately is bulletproof and Liv needed it. But you get into the carousel again. They mentioned that Charlotte's going to come to NXT to. Uh, approach Mia Yim, who for some reason Charlotte wants to fight. I, I don't get it. She's already got Io Shirai waiting. And Young Bibby says, I don't get why Charlotte has to appear on both shows. Do you know any reason as to why? It doesn't make sense what happened to the brand split. The reason why is because she's a major star. She's a Raw star holding the NXT title. I'm okay with that because of that. How do you feel about her appearing on both shows? If she was anybody else... I would say this is crazy. This is madness. Stick to the brand. Stick to the brand split. But because it's Charlotte Flair, it and it it makes the storyline with her and the bout that much more important if she's on both shows, mm-hmm. because it's just adding to it. It's like, oh, this is so important. If anything, it's elevating the belt as well for those that you know maybe haven't started watching NXT and they just watch Raw. So I only see the positives right now for the NXT brand and for that title. And it's crossover promotion for NXT. I, I mean, if you all have watched this show, you know how much of a stickler I am for the brand split. And I really don't have a problem with this. I really also don't have a problem with some of the integration between NXT and Raw with people like Caden Carter who aren't established. I don't have a problem with the Cruiserweight crossover either because of the integration there. I do wish WWE would explain it. I do wish they would out and out say working partnership but they're not and unfortunately that's not happening um but i i don't have that much of a problem with it uh Kaden carter was great in this match for the brief amount of time she was doing it because charlotte came in cocky and Kaden carter i looked at her and i was like she's gonna get mowed over who cares and she got good offense a black widow charlotte had to struggle to the ropes and charlotte was like i'm not even messing around spear and a figure four this is a rare, like, three-minute match that actually made Kagan Carter look good 
because she got some good offense in and Charlotte's like, I'm not wasting time on this woman. I was thinking the exact same thing. No lie. When I saw this, I was like, I was expecting, oh, this is going to be a quick, uh, she's going to, this is going to be a quick job match. That's it. Moving on. I shouldn't even care. And then before I knew it, I was like, wait, this match is still going on. And I'm watching it. And I'm thinking, wait, we're actually seeing Kaden Carter get some offense here. She's actually doing something in this match. And because of that, it made it that much more interesting. Obviously, we knew she wasn't going to win. We all knew that. And that's perfectly fine. But the point is that she got a good amount of TV time, uh, you know, somebody that we don't see that often so it was really good for what it was for what it was yeah i thought so too and yeah there are a lot of squash matches on on raw these days but that's a situation that they're presented and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i do think that in these matches you should see these wrestlers do moves that they don't usually pull out Uh, i think that finishing these with secondary finishers is a good idea too like Charlotte winning with a spear wouldn't have been a bad idea. Charlotte doing a move that you're not going to see her pull out against everybody else would also be a good move because that's what these squashes are for. You just you beat the brakes off of somebody, but rarely on these rare occasions a Caden Carter will fight back. And right. I, I didn't even mention no Becky Lynch tonight either. So that was again, they're working without a lot of star power tonight. Uh, you know what, though? At least it's good for, like, as we're talking about guys like Austin Theory, Angel Garza, mm-hmm. people like that that are getting opportunities that, hey, had this been not been going on, we don't really know what opportunities could they could have been at right now, where they could have been at right now. Now, this person didn't send a super chat, but I want to address this criticism. They said, Carter looked good up until Charlotte no-sold and disrespected Carter on the submission. It just makes all that work meaningless. I don't know what you're talking about. Charlotte had to struggle to get to the ropes to desperately get out of that move because she could not get out of the hold. That was not a no-sell. Just because she turned around and hit a spear didn't mean she no-sold it. She was locked in the move. There was That's that's not what happened. Uh, now, Bianca Belair and Santana Garrett, yikes, and I had people snitch-tagging Santana Garrett on my post. <laughs> Santana has not been good lately. She had a miserable match with Taneric Conti. A few months ago, she had a real bad one with Liv Morgan on main event. And let me tell you, that ain't on Liv Morgan. The selling was not there on this. for, And also, she should have gotten no offense on Bianca Belair. I didn't need to see her hitting a body press on Bianca Belair unless Bianca rolled through it and hit her finish or something. And when Santana took the KOD... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It did not look good, and again, 
not on Bianca. I thought this was rough. It's one of those situations where, obviously, Bianca, she looked good. She she did her thing. Uh, the Street Profits, I thought, helped a lot because it made it more exciting. Like, they added to it. Mm-hmm. But this is the part that you don't ever want to hear. You don't ever want to hear it could have easily been anybody else and the match would have been exactly the same. Like, you could have replaced Santana Garrett with, I don't know, a doll or anything. Anything, mm-hmm. really. And... It would it would have made no difference, and that's something you don't want to hear. So because of that, like yeah, it does take away from her performance. But I will say that Bianca works with it, man. She worked mm-hmm. with it. She she worked with what she had. They did it. It wasn't as bad. Um, I would I wouldn't call it like the greatest match of the night or anything like that. But it it was fine. I thought what was fine about it was the actual like the street profits just being like oh like you can do it like oh my god this is so like I I after this match I felt like it was important for Bianca to win that's how I felt afterwards yeah that's the important thing was Bianca winning I just think that uh, Bianca probably could have stood to have a better dance partner and I mean like the options right now are significantly more limited I mean. You got a lot of people hurt. Karen Q's hurt. Rachel Evers is hurt. Indy Hartwell was facing somebody else. Uh, I mean, they could. I, I think they could have brought Catalina up, the the woman who was with uh, with Kalisto before. Oh, we haven't seen her in a long Sinkara, time. Yeah, before uh, Sinkara hit the bricks, I think they could have had her come and do something if she's around right now. And I remember being a fan of Santana, Santana Garrett. Her her work on the Mae Young Classic, I really enjoyed. I think she was even one of my favorites, if I remember correctly, from the tournament. So taped. I could just mean taped. it could just oh, well, there you go, keyword taped. But it could be also one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, she's not working consistently, isn't getting the the rust out, you name it. I don't know. You can come up with a million excuses, but the point is, at the end of the day, there are a lot of people that are maybe in the same boat, and they come out and they don't maybe do half as bad. Yeah, and I mean, I, I was joking a bit about the, the Santana tape thing. I was a big proponent of WWE signing her. It's just, man, the, the televised matches have not... I was surprised she got this one, is the thing, after the last couple. But like I said, they're in short supply right now. There's They just let Deanna Perrazzo go. Deanna would have been awesome right here. Eh. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I did not like the Street Profits on commentary. Oh, my God. <laughs> I felt opposite. I actually liked them. But it, I saw some people leaving me comments that they didn't like it either. So Yeah, it was a little obnoxious for me. But that, that's their thing. So I'm the old guy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Money in the Bank qualifier. Apollo Crews defeated MVP. I didn't like this match, especially coming off the type of match that Apollo Crews had with Aleister Black. This was a very 2008 WWE match, and I do not consider that a good thing. It was a very less is more match, but less was not more. Less is not more after the match that Apollo Crews had for 30 minutes with Aleister Black. And MVP is like name dropping and going for that terrible overdrive move that nobody does anymore. Cruz was good when he finished it because he had a press slam, moonsault, standing star press, and then his awesome tossing powerbomb, and he qualifies for the money in the bank. And I just got to say, long overdue, this guy is good. And if you're going to say to me, oh, what has he shown besides miss me with that shit, because that's not his fault. It's WWE's fault. They brought him up way too early with no plans. Him and Dana Brooke 
were a victim of WWE bringing them up to the main roster with no real plans. And I hope Apollo gets to show it. I think he could play that like fake nice guy really well. Because the thing is, he is really nice. And he's so nice that you might suspect that he's not nice type of thing. And I think it would work really well for him. I think that he's great, but this match was not. I don't think that... I can't suspect him as not being nice. He always comes out like looking so happy. So yeah. I can't suspect that. But here's my issue. Now I'm all about for people coming back and doing something new and all of that, getting a second chance, second career, or whatever you want to call it. You know, perfect example, Edge. But I kind of feel like right now MVP is bringing nothing new to the table where it, it just doesn't – it does not pique my interest at all right now. Like it, I kind of zone out afterwards. Like once I realize like this is what's it's the same thing over and over, I lose interest. Yeah, and that's understandable. That's understandable. We know MVP's not winning a match. We just know he's not winning a match. So I'm like, why don't they put him on main event or something and have him beat somebody? Like, what what would that hurt? Why not give him an enhancement match? If he's going to be putting everybody over, you got to make me think that he stands a chance of winning at some right. point. Because this, this isn't Santana Garrett. He's not an NXT wrestler. Because in that case, just put somebody else, give somebody else a chance, somebody that we haven't seen before. Yeah, because this was a Money in the Bank qualifier right here. As was Rey Mysterio defeating Buddy Murphy. Thought it might go the opposite way, but Mysterio wins. This was a a pretty good match. I love that they're sticking with the Disciple nickname for Buddy Murphy as well. I, I really like that. Mysterio, though, is one of those performers that I think works a lot better with the crowd. No matter how good he is in the ring, he's one of those guys that's so beloved, you almost need him to get that crowd reaction to do what he does. Now, this match had, like, really good spots. There was uh, an Ushiguroshi, a big knee, and a brain buster from Murphy. There were spots into the diamond plates, tilt-a-whirl DDTs. There were head scissors and hurricane ranas into the barricades. Ray wins with a Canadian Destroyer, a 619, and a Frog Splash, but it does feel to me like Ray needs a crowd. Are you noticing that with him or with anybody else specifically? So I don't I don't know if I would say like that was one of the things that I just noticed, but what I'm going to say is, though, that I thought the match was okay. I was expecting a whole lot more between these two, a whole lot more. I was kind of, I was kind of just like, uh, like it took a while to get going. And even when it did, it wasn't all that what I expected. So I don't know if it was the crowd for Rey Mysterio, like you said, or it was just the way they decided to work this match. Uh, I did think that Buddy Murphy was going to win. So that came as a surprise to me. Uh, but I, I, this was one of the matches that when they announced it last week, I was looking forward to it. I would, this was the one where I was like, okay, I'm really excited to see what they're going to do. This is going to be fun. And then it wasn't. Yeah. I, I, it, it left a lot to be desired to me. And that's, that's a bummer. Andrade defeated Akira Tozawa. And I thought Zelina made this match with her facial expressions because Akira Tozawa beat Andrade's ass during this match. And admittedly, when Tozawa hit that senton, I was like, what's that, Jerry? You gonna say anything, Jerry? But Tom and Byron were just talking, 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 wisely talking. Uh, but that Tozawa senton ruled. He hit that 100 miles an hour. I thought this was a good showing for him, which is especially important because he's in that cruiserweight tourney, Denise. 
But everything that Tazawa has done, whatever random match they put him in the last few weeks on Raw has been good. Like he comes yeah. out and he puts on he puts on a show. Like if look, if I'm a parent and let's say we were with crowds or whatever, if I'm a parent, I take my kid, I want to have him watch some real cool wrestling. Heck, I would go home and one of the matches that we would probably be talking about would be the Akira Tozawa match. And yeah. Why? Because you do cool spots. Hey, that's what you want your kid to see, etc. So I appreciate his work and what he's been doing, like with whatever match they give him. And this was another one. This was another example. It was fine. It was good. Zelina adds in pretty much in every single thing that she does. Like it's ridiculous how, how on point she is with everything. And if you watch the other shows, if you watch main event or NXT, you might think that Tozawa stands a chance at winning because he's beating Eric Young last month on main event. He he beat Swerve Scott last week on NXT, I think it was. So he gets wins here and there. I mean, they put him in the in the gauntlet match a few months ago for the top contender for the, uh, I think, the U.S. title. He was in the cruiserweight title picture. I mean, he's been featured on 205 Live a lot in one, so he isn't the type of guy that just never, ever, ever wins. You got the feeling he wouldn't win this, but Zelina's facial reactions to Tozawa beating up Andrade were great. She was in disbelief, and normally I don't like seeing someone get their ass whipped and then just win with one move, but when it's Andrade winning with the Hammerlock DDT that they have established on the show, oh, hey, you know our world champion? Well, this put him out for six months. I'm okay with that. I I'm o I'm all right with that. How do you feel about the abrupt finish? I I like it. I just yeah. I don't see. I couldn't see it going any other way. Like I even though Akira Tozawa, like you said, has been put in all of these spots, he's sort of like the go-to fill in person. Be, unfortunately, it's not. It's not. You still expect him to lose. I don't know why. That makes kind of no sense, but that's just the way it is. Um, so I like the abrupt finish. I thought it was kind of like, all right, well, you thought this was a challenge. No, it's not. And given everything that, that, that's that been going on and how they've been sort of dominating the show, that's what was ex- what was expected. So the show started off with Drew McIntyre explaining last week and how he got ambushed, as he says. I appreciate Drew McIntyre doing his best to make sense of the fact that Seth Rollins got a title shot, Denise, but I'm not buying it. He said, I know I said that I wanted people that deserved it, but he's very decorated, and I don't back down from a challenge. And I'm like, well, then why did you say that last week? Why did you creatively take what they fed you, that line, and say, okay, we're going here, even though Seth Rollins just lost at WrestleMania? I hate this. And if people are going to try to draw the comparison, because I've had people that, that say that, oh, well, it happens in UFC. Yeah, and it's horse shit when it happens in UFC. You're talking to the wrong guy. Nothing will make you a casual fan of the UFC quicker than having to cover the sport. I know. I dread UFC nights very often because it's so, so often headlined between a dominant champion and a guy who just lost or lost a lot and has really no chance in winning. UFC's booking a guy that hasn't fought since 2016 for a title. I don't like that. And Seth Rollins has been a little bit more successful recently than that. But we know Kevin Owens isn't doing anything, Denise. And yeah. If you all are going to say to me, well, they, they get the face, face, baby face. I don't give a shit what he is. Why should I care if Kevin Owens is a baby face? 
What I care about is that he's when he won that match. Why isn't Alistair Black in the title picture if we're going based on who deserves it? The guy has not lost a straight-up one-on-one match on the main roster ever, Denise. It took a gauntlet match for him to lose. So, to me, there's a lack of sense here, and there's a real disconnect, and I don't like it. And all you had to do was have Rollins come out, stomp somebody, and beat them the week after Raw and last week. And then he attacks Drew McIntyre, and all of a sudden, you've got a winner on your hands. Yeah, honestly, my thing is, it doesn't really feel like the real feud is with Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. I said this last week, and I'll say it again. I would have been much more interested in an Andrade-Drew McIntyre feud and kind of keep it going with that because that's kind of what I feel is what we've been seeing. So, therefore, I'm more interested in what's going on with that aspect than with the Seth Rollins thing. Now, before we knew that Seth Rollins wasn't going to be physically at today's show, in the beginning when Drew McIntyre came out and started cutting his promo, I was kind of like, all right, we got to do something different because this is exactly how Raw opened up last week. So, therefore, I've lost interest already because he got he got beat up last week by Seth Rollins. He got attacked. And then this week he comes in and tells us that he's facing him. I was like, dude, if that happened, I would have came back and I would have been pissed. I would have been looking for Seth Rollins. Like, where the heck is Seth, Seth, where the heck is Seth Rollins at? I'm going to kick his butt. So I would have preferred for that, for the show just kind of sk- sk- uh, to start off that way where he's pissed off looking for Seth Rollins. I felt that we didn't get that. I felt he should have been more angry, more upset about all of this. And it didn't really feel that way. It kind of felt like like this is the match that's going to be so hey I'm just announcing it at this point so because of that it gave me no interest whatsoever in that to me I had a real problem with Drew McIntyre as a babyface because the thing is they tried to make you have this balance between is he dumb is he a hypocrite or is he scared he wouldn't fight the big show right after Brock Lesnar because he's smart And at the same time, it makes him look a little bit scared. But it's okay to not want to fight the big show after Brock Lesnar. It's just decades of WWE booking has shown you that's how they portray people who are scared. So then he takes the match and he wins it. He still looks dumb in doing that because he said it would be dumb of him to do it. Then he comes out the next, next night, next week, and he goes... I'm going to give it to anybody who deserves it. And then this week he says, I know he doesn't deserve it, but I'm not going to make him jump through hoops. And I'm like, what? You mean earn a title shot? Ah, man. It's really undermining the the definition and the motivation of what I thought the Drew McIntyre character would be. You know, guy who was the chosen one had things handed to him got fired, came back, earned his way, you would think that he would want that out of his challengers too. Because if it's just attack Drew McIntyre, why isn't everybody doing that? And I liked what you said about Andrade. If you weren't going to have something creative for him, I would have had Andrade winning matches. Maybe the the stable jumps Drew McIntyre and you work Andrade into a triple threat match for his U.S. title. Drew costs him that title without Andrade taking the pin. That way, one, 
You can get that title off Andrade. You can get it way off of him because nobody's going to buy him in a world title match with Drew if he's got it on him. But Andrade doesn't technically lose, so you don't have somebody coming off a pinfall loss going against him. They make it a lot more difficult and nonsensical than it needs to be. And I had a lot of optimism around the turn of the year because they stopped doing that so much. But instead, go ahead, sorry. Like right now, it doesn't feel like Drew McIntyre is the champion or the kind of guy that that was champion that we thought he would be. Because like I said, this when the Big Show thing happened. Hey, man, I'm pumped. I just won. Yeah, the Big Show is the Big Show. But you know what? I'm pumped. I'm going to kick your butt and I'm going to take this match and I don't care. Because that, that would have been like my idea of how somebody would have responded to something like that. And then again, I had a different response for what I thought he should have done this week. So it's kind of like there's a disconnection from what we think he's going to do and what we think his character is going to do to what he actually does. And let me tell you guys, if there's a disconnect between you and your penis, check out BlueChew.com and use that code FIGHTFUL because BlueChew has the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they're working a lot better, they're working a lot faster, they're working a lot cheaper. You can get your first shipment free when you use that code FIGHTFUL at BlueChew.com. But like I've said, and I will keep touting this point, through this entire pandemic. You do not have to go to the doctor's office. You do not have to go to the pharmacy. So if you're still using the other guys, you need to make a switch. Legitimately, make a switch for your safety. That way you don't have to go out. You don't have to get out in this. Because quite frankly, you shouldn't be out in this. You should be getting inside something else instead. And BlueChew.com code FIFA will help you do that. It's prescribed online by BlueChew Affiliated Physicians. And ship straight to your door in a discreet package. They'll find out what active ingredient works best for you. And it's ready whenever you are. And it gets you ready to. This isn't just for people with a problem. It's for people who want to peak their performance. That's what Blue Chew does. Use that code FIGHTFUL at BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Let them know that you heard about them from us at Blue Chew. Uh, that support is very important during this situation. We definitely thank them for supporting the Fightful Podcast throughout all this as well. I'm a tryhard, says Kevin Owens wins at Mania and Seth loses, but Seth gets a shot at the title. My God, Jerry and his one-liners are so bad. Yeah, I'm over Jerry Lawler. I don't need to see him do commentary anymore. Do you kind of feel like he talked less today's show? Mm-hmm. Because I noticed that he wasn't talking nearly as much as the other times. But I didn't know maybe I had muted it out or not been paying as much oh, attention yeah. to the commentary. But I, I felt like it was very noticeable today. I have to actively work to not tune out the commentary because it is very hard to not tune it out with some of the stuff that they say. And I get it. They've, they've got a directive and all that. But it seems like they're void of personality a lot of times. And the thing is, I know that a lot of those guys have some great personality. Andrade got the personality Claymore out of him. Um, then Zelina tries to send Theory and Garza after him. They don't want it. Rollins is shown in a video later on, which I, I really liked, saying that he can relate to Drew McIntyre. They've been champions. They both brought, beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. But he's going to make sacrifices and lead the WWE Universe. What did you think of his video? I actually really liked it. I, I thought that... I thought that um, 
his furniture really suited his character that he's going for right now. I was dying to know what was on that gold frame, by the way. I was like, oh, this is a tease. I'm never going to know what picture was on there. It was something that took way too much of my attention. But going to the promo itself, I like the lines where he said that uh, he's going to be the light in the darkness. I thought that was a really good line. Uh, went really well with his character of the Messiah. And then when he said that he was going to win the bout, not because he wanted to, but because he had to. And I was like, that's perfect because that's somebody that, hey, that is uh, portraying this messiah, this cult leader, whatever you want to call it, that this is how their mentality would be. This is how they would think about, you know, winning for the greater good of others, not just for myself. So I actually did enjoy that very much. Drew would go on to beat Angel Garza. I love Charlie Caruso being so enamored with Angel Garza. And I, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, my God, he got engaged on TV. How can you? I don't know the guy's situation. I don't know what their relationship entails. Different people, different rules. They can do what the hell they want. Also, it's a TV show, guys. TV show. The Line Drive says, If I knew Drew would turn another young faction into 3MB as champ, I'd be less excited about his win. Hopefully they can salvage this. I don't see a comparison between 3MB. They were a straight comedy jobber act. These guys are not... But you know what? If we can get two out of the three people between Angel Garza and Andrade as future world champions like 3MB was, uh, that's pretty. That's a good way to salvage them, I think. But uh, Drew beat Angel Garza's ass. And I will forever remember this as the era of Garza, Theory, Zelina, and Andrade keeping this show together, Denise. Yeah, it's funny because I was, uh, I think I got a comment on Twitter or something like that where somebody said they felt they were seen as jobbers. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Like, they are consistently on the show they uh every single week we're adding they're adding a new layer to what they're doing they're doing something different um today i thought it was funny at the top of the show where they were kind of afraid to go in and help andrade after drew yeah. kicked his butt i thought that was a really nice touch to that and then they have been having pretty good matches and then even today with the main event that was a good match as well it felt like a nice main event for raw and so honestly i think what they've been doing with all of this has felt really um good and it's felt fresh to me um it feels new and one of the things i do want to mention that i completely i don't know if i mentioned it last week but i love the uh, the chemistry between uh, drew and zelina yeah and i know he even made that joke about her being the thorn in his butt or something yeah, like that at the beginning ass. of the show oh, pain in his ass um at the beginning of the show and i was like i love that because you don't always see like you don't always see that like uh, it gives me flashbacks of like Jericho and Stephanie McMahon where they would go at it. And, there you know, you that's that's a nice like it was funny, like when you would think about what they would say to each other. And so I almost feel like that could be, you know, just something similar. I dig Zelina having this stable of of really talented wrestlers that, you know, are talented and you know that one could just break through. Uh, she's great. Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Drew grasps at Angel Garza and ends up ripping off his pants. So he does the gimmick for him. Yeah. Then he dives onto the pile, tosses Andrade over the barricade, Claymore's theory, walks into the ring, Claymore's Garza. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the world champion being better than everybody. That's okay with me. Uh, I, I got to get Andrade defending that U.S. title. But other than that, I dig the interactions here, and I like Drew being dominant. 
Yeah, it worked out perfectly because, hey, that's just, like, it played the part. He's the champion. He's the babyface. They're the heels, etc. It played the part. So I, I can't be upset about any of this. I think everything that they've been doing with that has been entertaining. Kudos to them. Korsami 1997 sends a super chat and says, Any injury reports on Becky Lynch? She mentioned in a live stream that her shoulder has been hurting. Uh, not to my knowledge, but if there was ever time to take a little bit of time off, it'd be right now. There's no clear-cut title program for her. She has already announced her intent to challenge the Money in the Bank winner. So, I mean, it's it's a good time to buy her a few weeks off, and I, I think that's okay. I think that if you're going to have Becky off, you need to have one of those six people that I mentioned. Owens, Joe, AJ, Orton, Edge, Lesnar— those six plus Becky is seven. Too much star power missing from this show. Too much. Um, Denise, any quick yes. thoughts on the releases last week? Uh, okay, so you know what's weird is that morning I woke up and I was like, I don't feel like being on social media oh, at no. all today. I don't want to go online. I don't want to be on anything. And then I got my stimulus check, and I was like, woo! Oh, God. And I was like, I'm going to go online, and I'm going to tweet. So I ruined that within, like, five minutes. Did you have to but curse then... for that? Did did the IRS call you up and say, Denise, <laughs> you got to curse? Yeah, you gotta right? Curse. <laughs> so I'm in this good mood, okay? And I'm thinking I have money, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing all of this happen, all of these releases. And I got to tell you, like, I think that you were posting, like, all of, like the breaking ones that were coming out. And I was just like refreshing your Twitter. And I was like, dang, the whole time because I couldn't believe it. It was just, I mean, Sucked. not that I couldn't believe it because I saw it. I don't know if I saw it coming or maybe I expected it. I don't even know if that's the right thing to say. But it sucks because I think that the main point of this is that right now with what we're going through this pandemic it's that's why it looks bad had this happened months ago i would have been like dude it was much needed like yeah. a lot of people like they could they had to go or whatever right but i think because it happened right now that's why it didn't look good at all and it sucks for a lot of lot of people man like just hearing some of the stories like everybody's personal story about what they've lost or what they've been going through that's really hard to read because you can put yourself into their shoes and just think like man if that happened to me I would be devastated because that's just a simple fact there and so it was it, it was it was it was tough and then seeing everybody's comments I it, it sucks honestly it really sucks yeah that was uh, not a fun day to be in the line of work that we're in I hate that I made an effort to try to reach out to every single person that was release and let them know hey if you got anything to promote let us know we'll make it happen i heard back from ec3 he said he was doing great heard back from diana perrazzo she seems a, a little more happy to be moving towards the future i heard from mike canellis uh mike bennett who is i watched the interview it was really good he was he's very he you can tell he missed working in ring of honor i reached out i heard back from eric rowan who said uh thank you i'll be in touch Heard back from Leo Rush, who was very grateful. He seems in a much better place than he was uh, last year. I've heard. I can't remember who else I've heard from. I heard from I think uh, Hawkins and Ryder, and uh, I don't think it's a secret if you all watch Listen Your Boy. Jimmy Van and, and Zach Ryder are friendly with each other. They're acquaintances through the uh, figure collecting world. So, and 
they're going to be fine as well. And can't remember if I heard back from anybody else. Uh, no way, Jose. Uh, through an intermediary, I'm, I might be talking to him very soon through Louis Dengor of Wrestle Talk. Big thanks uh, to him for getting me in touch. But I haven't gotten with anybody that's like, oh man, this sucks. I'm super depressed. There's not a future. At worst, the indie market is flooded again, and that's going to be a good thing for a lot of these people. A person like No Way Jose, you are going to see how talented he is in a few months when he gets the opportunity to do something different, to do something creatively satisfying, to step outside that box. These are all very talented people, and I hate that any of them lost their jobs but um, th- and there I were some interesting ones that like you didn't see, like I didn't see coming. I didn't see Rusev coming at all. Oh, I, I was like, I-, I looked at that like ten times. I mean, I know that he had been, you know, asking for his release, but I still, I was like, wait, what? Like it took me a second to like register that. But the thing is, too, is that like, yeah, some guys they're gonna be fine. They're gonna pick up. They're gonna go. Some people have savings. They're good. But then there's yeah. the other people that they don't may not have the savings or or they might not have that big of a name yet to you know get picked up someplace else or any anything like that. Um, some people that didn't get an opportunity to show what they really had to offer in the company. So I feel like everyone's situation is different, but it's, it's, it's definitely interesting to see like what's happening. And I do think that later on in the future, when everything gets better and we're able to, you know, go back out and live our lives normally, I do think that it will be like a blessing in disguise for the yeah. indie scene, but that's wishful thinking. It kind of feels really far away right now. Yeah. I think all these people are the the ones in the main roster, are super talented. They're going to land on their feet. I also reached out to Carl Anderson. He said he was doing good. Everything was fine. So it was good to hear back from a lot of these people that quite frankly, a lot of them I didn't get to hear from for a while in WWE because the nature of what we do at Fightful and what we report. And some of those people are like, eh, maybe shouldn't really be caught DMing Sean Ross Sapp at the time. But it was really good to hear that these people are doing good despite this horrible situation. I know that people in NXT think that Drake Maverick is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and try to get his job back by working his ass off. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did, Denise. Yeah, and his pe- his video was like so like heartbreaking. Yes. I don't know why, but I felt like I really connected with him in terms of like my personality and his personality. I feel like if I were in his position, that would be like my similar reaction. So like I, you know, you can put yourself in those shoes. But anyways, as for me, um, I'm working on scheduling some interviews this weekend. So keep an eye out on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Denise Salcedo, uh, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm almost at five thousand Twitter followers. So. Nice. That's my goal during this quarantine to get more okay. Twitter followers. That's a really sad goal, by the way. Follow Denise. Do it. I'm I'm creeping up. I'm 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 aiming oh, for that. Oh, I see you. You're like, yeah. Let's just say my five thousand Twitter followers would be like, yeah, it's nothing. I, I don't want to brag, Denise, but I <laughs> I, I got nine thousand last week. New followers? Yeah. Oh, well, you, well, I could see it. Like, you were breaking, like, so much news. Like, I was like, dang, he's on it. And you were doing the podcast and breaking the news. I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. the podcast did really well. I, I, I was I was one of the viewers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I want to hit 50. I want to hit 50. And I don't really care about that stuff. But I do look back at, like, when I got – I remember three years ago I was on vacation in July. And I was like, oh, sweet. I hit 10 – or it was two years ago. 
And I was like, oh, sweet, I hit 10,000 followers. And now it's like, oh, my God. And let me tell you, I was not ready for this. I live in a town of two or 300 people. So for this, I'm like... <laughs> <There's> more- <laughs> I'm like, there's more Twitter followers than your town people. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. That's like my whole like little town right here. Fifty thousand, I think maybe even more. I don't know. And it's overwhelming. It's very overwhelming at times. But I appreciate all of you who do follow me. Do yourself a favor. Follow Denise because she is always ranting about how much Taylor Swift sucks and how much she hates Taylor Swift. Until next time, guys. When I post about Taylor, BTW. Until next time, we're out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.